You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. Own with me, of course, is Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. Also available in SoundCloud and Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. Got David Johnson, my co-worker at the Ole Miss Spirit, for a recruit check, 30 minutes of all recruiting, now that the dust has settled, we know what the class is. It's signed, sealed, delivered. What do we make of it? A full breakdown, a story or two about the recruiting process for Ole Miss, the whole year that was, and then a little bit of a look into 2022. But first, Brad, what's up, man? How you doing? What's up, Ben? What's going on, dude? Not too much. Just hanging out. I'm trying to update the simulator. I actually just downloaded Pebble Beach on it, so I'm, so I'm fired up. Um, you know, just, just trying to, trying to figure out what I'm going to do without football. You know I mean? There's, there's no football and, and Ole Miss basketball is winning right now, which is nice. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess right now it's back to the golf simulator for me. As we're recording this, Ole Miss and Missouri are playing and I'm trying to cover this game while also talking to Brad. It's proving pretty difficult, but we're going to get through it anyway. Some news I think is going to come on Jeff Levy sooner rather than later. I don't know if that means this week. But I think it's certainly um, going to get resolved one way or the other. I would say within days, certainly by next week, I would think. UCF has its AD. It's Terry Mahar. He's from Arkansas State. And the interesting thing about him is as AD at Arkansas State, he already went through one coaching search in this offseason. And in this offseason, he landed on Butch Jones, formerly of Tennessee. You all know that. The reason why he landed on Bush Jones is because he didn't have the money to hire who he wanted. Who did he want? Jeff Lebby. So we would all think that hiring not Scott Carr, who was the in-house candidate, would have been good for Ole Miss. Not necessarily. The question becomes, what does this new AD for Central Florida want as head coach? Does he follow the usual script of Central Florida, which is, an up-and-coming offensive mind to keep that train rolling? Or does he decide to go the experience route? Because if he goes the experience route, he does have history one year with Gus Malzahn, and Gus Malzahn wants that job. It's the best group of five job in the country. If Jeff Lebby gets offered that job, he's going to take that job. And I think today, as it was last week, the last time we talked about this, it's the same. Jeff Lebby is a leading, if not the front-running candidate for Central Florida. So now that we know what's in place, now that we know that, heck, he might have already interviewed, might be interviewing soon. We don't know. We don't know how far along in the process it is. But now that we know the pieces in place and all the dynamics at play, what do you make then of the possibility of Jeff Levy in Central Florida, which has been an ongoing storyline since what, mid-January it feels like? Yeah. Well, I do know one thing. Jeff Lebby did not interview for the Central Florida job yesterday because I was riding home from work and he was on the second tee box at, at the Ole Miss Golf, not Ole Miss Golfers, but at the Country Club here. So I know he wasn't interviewing yesterday, which was nice. He was with a group of coaches. So I know that um, 
that he was in Oxford, which, which, which actually made me feel good to actually see him. So I knew some news was coming up, but you know, I mean, with, with what he was able to accomplish at, um, at central Florida and with it being a pretty good job and him being familiar with the situation, I would say that if they approached him and offered him a job, obviously he's going to take it. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, listen, what Ole Miss fans have to realize is, um, you know, with Lane Kiffin, he's going to bring in successful coaches and, and it's, it's just going to be the nature of the beast, man. I mean, that people are going to want our coaches and, and, and Levy put up, I mean, the, the stuff he was able to do with this offense without a spring, without, um, you know, really having, you know, his handpicked guys was, I mean, just absolutely impressive. I'm actually surprised he didn't get a head coaching job quicker than this, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it was going to suck to lose him, but, um, you know, I think it's just speculation at this point, but, um, certainly, certainly hold on to your seats because it because this is going to be close. Yeah, it's just gotten real now. A couple of weeks ago, it was purely speculation because there was no AD in place. Now there was some talk that Central Florida was going to make its hire regardless of whether or not it hired an AD permanently. That they were going to get their coach in place and then go hire their AD. They didn't do that, and all of the recruiting stuff is over. The timeline is different now. It used to be that you had to get your coaching search stuff done in December, early December, first couple of weeks, because you had a two-month push to National Signing Day. Well, the early signing period has ended all that. Pretty much December is when all of these kids commit and sign to schools. February is pretty boring. It used to be a national holiday, an unofficial national holiday, of course, but it used to be like an unofficial national holiday, and the entire college football world had its eyes on National Signing Day in February. So you needed to have your coach in place. But now it's not like that anymore. Doesn't matter. You can make your hire afterwards. You hire an interim to handle that in-between awkward period. And then you have all this time. Here we are in mid-February or approaching mid-February. And Central Florida is still on the clock. And Ole Miss is still on the clock because Jeff Levy, its top coordinator, is in contention. Now, here's the thing about Jeff Levy. He did sign that new two-year contract extension with Ole Miss in the offseason. It's paying him $1.2 million per season. But Central Florida has the money to beat that. The question is, in what direction will this new AD go as far as what he wants? If he wants experience, it'll probably be Gus. But it's not like Jeff yeah. Levy is the only one with an offensive background, an up-and-comer if you will, even though the next guy I'm about to talk about isn't necessarily an up-and-comer. It's not like he's the only one he has history with. He also has history with Rhett Lashley. Rhett Lashley is the Miami offensive coordinator. He could be a potential candidate there. And another one, old friend Phil Longo. That North Carolina offense was really good. Phil Longo's been waiting for an opportunity. This is why he came to Ole Miss. Why even during a probationary period or with Ole Miss facing down NCAA sanctions, he took the offensive coordinator job at Ole Miss under Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze was going to hand over the keys to Phil Longo. Now, there is some internal push or some local push for Randy Shannon, who's the interim, to take over. But Randy Shannon, at this point, is more than a retread. I don't think that's going to excite your fan base at all. Really, the excitement comes... I don't think there's a lot of excitement for Gus. The excitement comes from Jeff Levy. So if you're an Ole Miss fan... You either hope that this AD bucks what his fan base wants and goes with Gus for experience, or if he does go the up-and-coming route, he goes Phil Longo. Yeah, that Phil Longo rather than Jeff Levy. Because Jeff Levy makes too much sense here. He does. And then you have to get into potential candidates for Ole Miss, and that gets interesting. But it's all about what he wants. 
And I think that now that we know the pieces in place, like I've already said, movement's going to happen pretty quickly. I don't know if it's this week. Heck, as you're listening, this might have already happened, but it's gotten real now. It's real now. Yeah, I just, um, you know, just, just look at it from Levy's standpoint. I mean, if it's a head job, you, he's going to, um, you know, it's be hard to turn that down. But then think about the flip side of this now. So so Levy's not just a an offensive coordinator that sets up and coming. I mean, Ole Miss put up some pretty crazy numbers this year. Um, and I know I get it. The Central Florida jobs is good. But if, we, if, if he comes back to Ole Miss and does that again this year, which we likely will because Matt Corral is coming back, then we're talking about Jeff Levy being an SEC head coach. You know what I mean? So he's got to kind of play his cards right, too. Hey, do I bet on myself for another year and know that I can put up these kind of numbers? And, you know, I, I not to crap on um, UCF, it's a, it's a good job, but I think Levy can potentially be a, an SEC coach or a Big 12. I mean, he's he may be a little bit bigger than, than um, UCF. I mean, he's the, the, the type of numbers we're putting up certainly suggest that. So um, you go out and do it again this year year and and i mean there's there's no hiding at that point i think he's he's in he's in line for bigger jobs he's got to realize that realize that as well you know so he's kind of got it teed up for that instead of going to rebuild a ucf and say he goes there and doesn't have a great year or two then you can look back two or three years from now and he could be another offensive coordinator whenever he could have stepped into a uh um you know you never never no telling what jobs gonna be coming up in this next year but i i think that he's got to play that in his mind as well too that that is kind of working in our favor yeah, but see, I don't agree with that at all. I don't think he can do better than Central Florida for his first head coaching job, potentially. It doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, but it, but if you look at the numbers he's putting up, though, at Ole Miss as the offensive coordinator, yeah, of course, UCF would be a great job. But but nowadays, man, they they take chances on the Jeff Levies nowadays. I mean, you look at a Joe Brady, goes right to the NFL, and he's, he's, he's interviewing at 32 years old for the head coaching job of the Eagles. I mean, they are taking chances on Jeff Levy's and the younger guys now. They're they're not making you go to a school, a, a smaller school, and, and win now. I mean, they they want the next big thing. They want the next guy, and he certainly could be one of those guys that skips being a head coach at a smaller school. I mean, he's at Baylor all those years. He's he's been in big time football um, long enough to to jump right into a, to a head job, especially being under Elaine Kiffin. So, um, in, in my opinion, you know, obviously you take it if it, if it's offered to you. Um, cause it is a head job, but I mean, at, at the same time, you know, you, you could be slowing yourself down to be an sec head coach. That's a really good point. And if you think about it this way, if Jeff Levy was the offensive coordinator at LSU or at Alabama or Georgia, Correct. if it wasn't Ole Miss, if it was Lane Kiffin, head coach of USC and Jeff Levy as, as his offensive coordinator, what would be the result? We know what it'd be. He'd be hired yeah. immediately, or he'd be hired somewhere bigger than that. But if you're talking about group of five jobs, this is the best one. And as much as every Ole Miss fan, and you and me as well, would like to think of Ole Miss in the same stratosphere as far as job perception as USC or Texas or Alabama, it's not. It's not. So coming from Ole Miss, either you go get another offensive coordinator job somewhere else where you can then have mobility to climb and get that big job, or you go to Central Florida. That's what he's going to have to face. That's what he's going to have to face. And um, well, I, don't, I don't know if there's a right answer for him. I don't know if there's a, the right answer here other than do what you think is best for you. I know that's simplistic, but that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. On the other side of that, the way I look at it is, hey, man, I mean, if you view Ole Miss as a – as a worse job than, than, you know, some of the bigger schools, which, you know, arguably it, it, it is a worse job than, than some of those other big schools. But 
if he can do what he's doing with what he got here, what the hell is he going to do when he has a whole slew of five stars at, say, LSU or or wherever else, Texas, wherever it may be? Um, what's he going to do with those guys when he when he is loaded with talent? I mean, it's it, it could be crazy. It's just like Dan Mullen going down to Florida compared to Mississippi State. I mean, he's he, Dan Mullen is, is going to be very successful there because he has a whole – he has a whole different tier of talent. So, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, I certainly see what you're saying, but I think that, um, you know, I, I think proving it at a school like Ole Miss is, is damn impressive. We'll get right back to Bradley Sal on this edition of Talk of Champions with David Johnson coming up on the Modern Woodman phone line for a recruit check after I tell you briefly about Cheney's Pharmacy and Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. A new year is here, and you want to put your best foot forward. The only way to do that is to make sure that you're taking care of yourself, that you're keeping yourself safe, that your pharmacy is one you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down. It's not close. So give Cheney's a call. 662-234-7221. Or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at cheneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy. Much more than just a pharmacy. It's a new year. 2020, that awful, awful year, is behind us, thank goodness. And that means new beginnings. Maybe even a new car. Well, if you're in the market, there's only one place to go. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. They're going to take care of you. Get you into your next vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell, and what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford is Brian and Mason and the rest of the staff. They aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. And when you go, make sure to mention that Talk of Champions sent you. These guys are hardcore Ole Miss fans. They're going to want to talk some Rebel sports. But more importantly, they want to make the process as seamless as possible, that you get what you want at a good price. So contact them today at 662-234-8000. You can stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. That's where you got to go to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. Yeah, it is. And um, that's why I think, honestly, if you made me bet, Jeff Lubby is going to be the next head coach of Central Florida. I don't want that to happen. Obviously not. He's too good for business. He's too good for Ole Miss. And, and I would hate it for Matt Corral because that would be his fourth offensive coordinator in four years. At this point, though, with Lane Kiffin at the helm, unlike Matt Luke or whoever it might be, I don't want to just dump on Matt Luke here. But if you don't trust Lane Kiffin at this point with hires, I got nothing for you. Honestly, I think he's improved on his previous hires from the ones that have left or have been fired. Like Deke Adams gets fired and he replaces him with Randall Joyner, who's a more widely regarded, highly, more highly regarded defensive line coach and up, up and coming coach than a Deke Adams, who is kind of a retread. And that's no disrespect to Deke. He was a great guy, but it just wasn't a good fit. And that's why he moved on quickly. Same thing at tight ends coach. Joe John Finley took him from Texas A&M and replaces him 
with John David Baker from Southern Cal. Graham Harrell could, of course, be an obvious replacement for Jeff Levy, potentially, and I think Lane Kiffin would go big game hunting first. I don't think he would immediately just go hire Charlie Weiss Jr., who was his offensive coordinator at FAU, but that makes too much sense. If your floor, if Jeff Levy were to leave, if your floor is Charlie Weiss Jr., you're doing pretty good, and I think that's the floor. And I think the ceiling is, we don't know what it is. I don't think there really is a ceiling because Lane Kiffin has proven he moves in the shadows. No one on the beat knew about John David Baker. Nobody. No one had a clue. That hire came out of left field for everybody. So it could be a hire that no one sees coming. But if you want to look at maybe past relationships, Kendall Bryles, I've heard, wouldn't come. Or maybe Ole Miss wouldn't allow it to come out. I don't know. Just Kendall Bryles and Ole Miss probably would never be a match. But to say that Lane Kiffin wouldn't go trying, probably what he would go and he'd try to find any number of guys. And he's proven he can compete with any school and any coach to hire good guys. He replaced Blake Gideon with Coleman Hutzler, who is basically what Blake Gideon is trying to be, trying to get to. SEC experience to boot. And he held on to Chris Partridge, right? He held on to his best recruiter, Marquise Watson, one of his best recruiters. He's not even on the field, and he's still here, one of the top 30 under 30s for 247 Sports as far as coaches go. Now, I don't want Jeff Lebby to leave, but I think now is the time we take it serious and look at potential options of where he would go. Is there a right fit? Do you just try to find the next Jeff Lebby? I mean, what works? Lane Kiffin has proven that his offense can be adaptable to whoever's calling plays. Now it was a collaborative effort. Does it matter? Does stylistically a coach fitting with whatever they did last year, is that what it has to be? Yeah, it's it's absolutely. I mean, I I think that, I mean, listen, I know Jeff was calling the plays where there was a joint effort, but you know, Lane's holding a, a clipboard and a call sheet for a reason. Okay. That is, um, that's clearly the plays. He's clearly heavily, heavily involved in that. Um, I don't think he was fully hands off. I don't think he would want, ever want to be that. So I don't think you're going to see a lot of change to the offense. I think what we're losing though is, is a, if, if we lose Jeff Lebby, we're losing a really smart mind that, that Lane and him probably bounce ideas off each other and, and evolve certain schemes. But, um, at the end of the day, the catalyst of the offense is still here holding the clipboard and that's Lane Kiffin. So, um, expect to see maybe some different flavors if we hire someone else uh, of certain stuff. But, um, you know, I, I don't think necessarily it's going to be a a overhaul change of the offense. Um, even if Jeff leaves best case scenario is he stays. Cause if he leaves, I think Randy Clements goes with them. They're attached at the hip, but more than that, I've heard that Derek Nix could go with him not just Kevin Smith, and Kevin Smith is from Central Florida. Let's just pretend that all of that happens. That's a complete overhaul of your staff outside of DJ Durkin and Chris Partridge and Terrell Buckley. That's a complete makeover in one offseason. And what's incredible about that is you're not really that concerned about it because you believe that Lane Kiffin can get it done with whoever his assistants are. Because when you hire Lane Kiffin, you hire the entire experience and you have to put full trust on his ability to go get it done because he's one of, in your estimation, the elite coaches in college football. It's a totally different mindset that you have to have as an Ole Miss fan. But let's just hope that Jeff Levy stays. No, I I don't want to say that either because that doesn't sound fair. 
I hope Jeff Levy does what's in the best interest of Jeff Levy. Selfishly, you want him to stay because Ole Miss offensively was so good. But if Jeff Levy feels that this is if this helps him move further along, then good for him. Everyone should applaud him and thank him for his service and what a great year it was going five and five with an offense that was incredible, all that stuff, right? Don't hate on the guy for moving up in the world. One thing I want to go ahead and squash, though, the idea that, oh, yeah, I want Jeff Levy to leave and get the G5 job because then if Lane does ultimately leave in a year or two, no, Ole Miss will just hire Jeff Levy. If Jeff Levy goes and wins at Central Florida, he's from Texas. He'll go for Texas. He'll go for Texas A&M. He'll go for any number of big jobs, Virginia Tech, whatever. Just pick a job. You win at Central Florida, you get hired. Josh Heupel was not very much loved at Central Florida, and yet he's got Tennessee. Now, Tennessee is staring down NCAA sanctions. Very few people were going to take that job. But it just shows you, if you win there at that group of five job, your floor is Tennessee. There's the caveat of NCAA sanctions. But you get what I'm saying? If that's your floor by winning at Central Florida, you just can't assume that Jeff Levy's coming back. So, no, the best-case scenario, if you're an Ole Miss fan— is he stays. Selfishly, you want him to stay. For him, personally, you hope he succeeds. If he goes, thank him on the way out. Thank him, appreciate him, and hope he goes and has tremendous success at Central Florida and trust Lane to make the right hire. But my whole deal about the, oh, no, man, he can just go to Central Florida and then Ole Miss will hire him if he wins. No, that's, that's not how it'll work. You're going to be in competition with any number of people, any number of schools. And the idea that Ole Miss would be the best of his offers if he wins at Central Florida, that's the best G5 job in the country. It's not that easy. It's not that simple. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you, you're right. Best case scenario, let, let's um, ho- hope he stays. And you're right. There's no no guarantee we, we would get him back even if Lane were to leave. But um, let's, let's let it happen first. And whenever it happens, we'll, we'll count him up and see. Yeah see what to do but um yeah i think the next few days are gonna be interesting um maybe next week or so will be interesting um to kind of see what um you know what the what the progress is in this let's just hope for the best and you know worst case if he leaves and um yeah you wish him well he's a great freaking guy i mean um all all time guy one of my one of my favorite assistants we've ever had there's no silver lining if he leaves is what i'm saying (laughs) there's just no silver lining here it's just remarkable that here we are on February 10th recording, and you're listening to this probably on February 11th, and we're talking about more potential staff turnover. And yet, I'm telling you that despite the significant staff turnover, it doesn't matter because Lane Kiffin is at the controls. If you have trust in Lane Kiffin, if you sign up for the experience, he's going to hire guys that are going to look to move up quickly. Lane Kiffin's a mercenary. Lane Kiffin's always going to flirt. He's always going to look around. He's going to hire guys like that, too. So I'm, I'm not overly concerned other than, yeah, it sucks, because Jeff Levy's really good. It's like when a Major League Baseball team develops a player in the minors, trades him for a known commodity to try to get that final push into the postseason. And maybe you fall short, whatever. Maybe you win it all. It doesn't matter. It just stings a little bit to watch that player with his new organization. You developed him. You found him, and now he's excelling with that other organization. Same thing with assistant coaches. And I get why Ole Miss fans would prefer or have the mindset of, oh, God, man, no, don't lose Jeff Levy. Don't lose him. Don't lose him. I want guys that want to stay. No, you want guys that are really damn good coaches and are going to succeed and have the ability to get plucked away from your school. 
Because Nick Saban, he just reloads, right? I'm not saying Lane Kiffin's Nick Saban in the slightest. Nobody's Nick Saban. But Nick Saban does not care. He hires the best guy for that particular job, knowing that he's probably not going to have that guy long-term. Go look at his staffs. They get picked apart. And look where all those guys end up. Brian Dabal is the offensive coordinator for the Bills. Nick Saban is a factory for head coaches. I'm not saying Ole Miss is going to be a factory for head coaches, but if your head coaches are wanted commodities... That's a good thing. If you're losing coaches, that's a good thing. You'd prefer them to stay more than one year. But if they're getting plucked, if they're moving up to offense coordinator or head coach or whatever, that's a good thing. And it shows that you're legit. Your program's on a legit path. Yeah, I think that I think that, that could be one of the silver linings is, hey, we're, who would ever thought Ole Miss would be at a spot where you get your whole staff plucked in a year? Um, you know, I, I know some of them went to back to their home school, but, um, you know, for the most part, um, people are coming after our assistance, which means, hey, we had a damn good staff. So, um, you know, I, I think as long as Lane's here, there's people are going to want to come. We're going to have more assistance come and be be successful and more leave while he's here. Um, so that's that's it's actually, you know, it's actually encouraging for Ole Miss football to be at, be at that place because I can't remember a time where Ole Miss was losing assistance to, to you know, good jobs, yeah. good head jobs. It's been, been a long time since we've had something like that at, at Ole Miss. When you've worried about your offensive coordinator at Ole Miss getting the best G5 job, when's the last time, if that's ever happened, at Ole Miss? It's a good thing. And it does a lot for recruiting, too. Because Lane Kiffin could say, hey, look, man, you're going to get coached by the best. Yeah, he might leave, but I'll be here. And the hires I make, you're going to get coached by the best because look where they end up. Look where they go. That's the silver lining, I guess. So there is the silver lining. You sell it in recruiting. And this coaching staff, without even seeing any of these prospects, as we head to this recruit check with David Johnson of the Ole Miss Spirit 247 Sports, they recruited and signed these guys without ever seeing them in person and landed the number 18 class. Why? Because Lane Kiffin. It's Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin is the biggest draw. Now, I want to say one thing and give Jeff Levy, Levy props. And it sounds like we're already writing him off, and I don't want it to be that way because we're not doing that. But we do need to accept the reality that this has gotten deathly serious as far as there's going to be resolution sooner rather than later. It's coming. And we're just trying to play out all possibilities. If he does leave, understand how important he was to holding this program together during the whole COVID stuff. Early on, when it hit and everything was just scattered about, Lane was in Florida. He was doing his job from Florida. On the ground was Jeff Levy. And effectively, he was the associate head coach. Most of these players, they knew Jeff Levy. They hadn't met Lane yet. Lane didn't meet a lot of the players until the summer. That's not a knock on Lane. That just shows you how crazy the COVID year was. Jeff Levy did more than just call plays. There is a reason why he's beloved by Central Florida fans and players and why there is a campaign online, an internet campaign, to bring him back. So I get it. I feel like we've done a similar show like this. We probably did a couple of weeks ago. But Jeff Lebby deserves a lot of credit for what he did, if it's only a year. Hopefully, it'll be two more years. Maybe he'll be the head coach of Ole Miss in a year. I don't know. Because with Lane Kiffin, anything can happen. Lane Kiffin's always going to flirt, and he's always going to hire really good coaches. So if it does happen, I'm not worried. If the floor is Charlie Weiss Jr., you're doing pretty damn well. Yeah, certainly. I mean, let's let, let's let's see what happens here in the next couple of days. Let's keep um, let's keep our fingers crossed, but um, you know, wish them well if if um, if it doesn't come through. But 
um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, um, he certainly deserves credit for, um, for being the guy that he is. And he is, um, there's a reason he's liked. And if you haven't met him, as soon as you met, as soon as you would go to meet him, you'd understand why he's, um, why he's liked so much, super authentic guy, um, good, good football mind. And just, uh, um, you know, just, just a very likable, likable coach that I think the players really, really draw to as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's an up and comer. Um, he's, he, he's, he's the real deal. You gave me a little bit more optimism when you told me about him being on the golf course, and I don't know why that is, but hey, that's a little bit of a, a nugget that maybe some almost fans can cling to. It might mean absolutely nothing, but uh, hey. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure it means nothing, but yeah, um, certainly something something Ole Miss fans can cling to. It, it was cool to see him up there, um, you know, playing a little golf. So you know, I didn't like he was focused too much on Central Florida, more or less focused on getting some birdies. So um, yeah, I mean, he's. Um, he, let's hope he's here. I'm going to go with the optimistic view and say that Jeff Lebby stays. But if he does go, now we've covered it. It's done. It's over. If he leaves, we'll talk about the ramifications again. We'll bring on somebody to talk about where Lane Kiffin might potentially go as far as offensive coordinator and stylistically. Maybe get Chris Lowe back on, who knows Lane Kiffin better than anybody. We'll cover it from a number of different angles. But for now, we've done the Jeff Lebby show. Twice, actually. But now, it's real. So we covered it. We've also talked a lot about Ole Miss football recruiting, and for a good reason, but I hadn't talked to David Johnson for this podcast since it happened. We hadn't done a recruit check, and it's time for that. Before we do, i got to say bye to Brad. See you, buddy. See you, Ben. Howdy, howdy. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, Talk of Champions in iTunes, and when you do, leave a five-star review. Also available in SoundCloud and Spotify, just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. Ole Miss is up 78-56 to over Missouri with three minutes and 41 seconds left. God, if they hold on for that, that's their fourth quad one win. And the NCAA tournament discussion, it gets really real, just like this Jeff Levy stuff. Really real for Ole Miss basketball. Maybe an Ole Miss basketball show to start the week next week if they win this game and then go on and beat South Carolina on Saturday. Plenty to come, but now it's a recruit check. Let's hear from BNA Bank, and then it's David Johnson. This is Talk of Champions. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Check that out. Wow. You're here. I'm here. Let's do this. Going now to the Modern Women phone line to speak to David Johnson at Rebels247 on Twitter, my co worker at the Ole Miss Spirit, OMSpirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. This recruit check brought to you by Modern Woodman. Are you tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else? Well, the Talk of Champions phone line sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, is looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary, but you do have to be a resident of Mississippi. And what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and who wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. 
For more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas through Facebook or his number at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. It's Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman. David, what's up, man? How you doing? Not much, man. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Now that the dust has settled, Ole Miss recruiting for 2021 is over. What are your thoughts now that everything has been decided? All of those recruits are now in the book. Yeah, you know what? Winning on the field equals recruiting success. I mean, you know, that sounds cliche, but it is so, so true. And, you know, I think this 2021 class that Lane Kiffin and his staff were able to put together and assemble is a direct result of winning big football games last fall, winning four SEC games, taking down an Indiana team that was at the time ranked 11th in the country on a national stage in the Outback Bowl. Now, granted, most of their recruiting success was already on the books before they played Indiana in the Outback Bowl. But trust me, 2022 prospects were watching that, took note of that. Taiwan Malone took note of that. And you see what happens with him. Ole Miss wins a national recruiting battle for a kid from New Jersey over Texas A&M. That is significant. That's my major take from what happened in the 2021 class. Ole Miss won some football games. And the good thing is, you know, the snowball is kind of rolling downhill right now. They're going to win a lot of football games this fall. And those 2022 recruits, whom they've already got the attention of, are going to be paying close attention. And success breeds success. Success on the field breeds success in the recruiting rankings. You get better players flowing into your program. And that's where we're at right now with with the Ole Miss football program. They're winning on the field. They're winning in in recruiting battles. And, uh, you know, if you can get that snowball to keep on rolling, great things are, are in store for this Ole Miss football program. I think I already know the answer to this, but which position did they absolutely have to hit on and they nailed it? Yeah, on the defensive line. Uh, you know, when you talk about Taiwan Malone, he is, he's only going to be a true freshman this fall, granted, but he is a smart kid, high football IQ, uh, will probably make the adjustment to college life very, very well, which is it's going to make it easier and faster for him to develop as a football player. I think you've got a guy with Taiwan Malone who may not crack the starting lineup as a true freshman, but he very well may. But I think he's definitely to be counted upon to be a very critical part of that defensive line rotation. And then, you know, you look at what they got in the JUCO ranks with Jamon Gordon. Seems like he's already been here for eight years. You know, he committed to Ole Miss coming out of high school and uh, finally finally made it to Oxford via the JUCO ranks. And then Isaiah Iton, the kid out of Hutch in Kansas. Both those guys, you recruit junior college guys to be out of the package ready. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just fascinated by being able to monitor their progress this spring and see where they are right now. Because if you're talking about adding 
Taiwan Malone, Jamon Gordon, and Isaiah Eiton to a to a defensive line rotation. This already got guys like you know T. Tisdale in it, and a lot of guys who may not have performed well on the field last year for Ole Miss that are coming back, such as Katie Hill, Hal Northern. They're going to be a year better. You know, their continued growth and development is is equally as critical as these new guys coming in here. But the bottom line is Ole Miss helped themselves the most, I think, along the defensive line. It was the area where they needed to help themselves the most, and I think they 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 did quite well in that regard. The other area was in the secondary. And, I mean, you got eight new defensive backs that that are on this roster now. And that just creates competition. It creates depth. And, and it creates confidence, you know? I mean, you know, they, they went through last year with, without a lot of tools back there in the secondary. Now you've got everything from veterans to highly touted newcomers. It's an eclectic mix back there. And, you know, what you want is you want six, seven guys that you can count on on Saturdays every down to emerge. And uh, that's another interesting aspect of this spring, Ben, uh, you know, is to see which one of those crowded, uh, you know, group of defensive backs, you know, rise to the top and and, and look like they're going to be the guys headed into the fall. I'm excited about that. I mean, I think this spring practice is going to be uh, – it's going to be very interesting on a lot of fronts, those two primarily, but also, you know, who's going to be Matt Corral's backup quarterback? I think that's very much up in the air right now and, and, and largely dependent upon John Rice Plumley's decision of does he want to still hang with the quarterbacks or does he want to move over to slot receiver slash general offensive weapon and be on the field a whole lot more. And if that's the case, you know, does it open the door for a Kincaid Dent or a Luke Altmeyer, the four-star true freshman out of Starkville, who is already on campus, to challenge to be Macarell's backup? Um, you know, I think all of those are storylines that we've got, you know, to look forward to this spring. I'm excited. It's a well-balanced class, but is there a spot or two, if any, where they could have added somebody, maybe should potentially look to add in the transfer market? Well, you know what? I think they've, they've already addressed that. I think they, they would have loved to have added an impact linebacker out of high school. They were not able to do that, but they addressed that with the uh, transfer portal acquisition, if you will, of, of Maryland linebacker um, Chance Campbell. And, um, you know, when you look at Campbell, I mean, he, he received some all, all Big Ten accolades last year. Uh, he was a very active player, and uh, certainly at the very least, he increases the depth in that linebacker core. And, you know, when you're talking about, uh, you know, coming to the middle linebacker position, what a competition that's going to be with, with Chance Campbell now in the mix, along with Jacquez Jones and Momo Sanogo. I mean, I'm I'm excited about that too. There are just so many. Uh, you love to go into spring practice with battles going on all over the field because a lot of times that's a telltale sign you got you have depth on your roster. So uh, you know that's uh, that's just going to be so much fun to look at when things get kicked off. What we think is 
around the middle of March. Should they target an edge rusher in the transfer market? Man, I think you always target an edge rusher. Absolutely. I mean, the way these offensive have, have, have offenses have 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 gone to 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 the spread attack and the no huddle attack, it's so important that you you harass the passer. And if you can't harass the passer, you're in trouble. So absolutely 100%. I would love to see them add an edge rusher in the transfer market uh, to go with, uh, you know, what they got. And, and you know, they, they lost a guy that was at times an effective edge rusher to the portal, you know, when Ryder Anderson left the program. So, uh, you know, I think it would be very, very, uh, very, very gratuitous to Ole Miss if they were able to add not only one, but maybe two more defensive linemen. Um, in the transfer portal, depending on how everything shakes out. And then, you you know, you look at a guy, they've got a guy that out of high school is tailor-made to fill that role that we didn't hear much from this year, and that's uh, DeMond Clowney. You know, and and it's going to be fun to see those guys, guys from that 2020 class we didn't hear a whole lot from this past fall. It's going to be fun to see how they have matured and how they have progressed and how closer they are to getting on the field in an impactful role this fall. i got to give you your props. I heard about the potential of Ryder Anderson transferring and finishing his career somewhere else from you well before it was ever announced. I think we can talk about it now. Going into the Outback Bowl, there was some discussion with Lane Kiffin about a potential opt-out. Was that Ryder? Oh, yeah, most definitely so. I mean, I think he had informed the coaching staff of what he was thinking about doing well before he did it. And, um, you know, ultimately Ryder decided that uh, he wanted to play his final year somewhere else. And you have to respect that. There's so much that goes into those kind of decisions. And, uh, you know, there's an educational side to it. There's a, there, look, there's just a side to it that you don't think the same when you're 22 as you did when you're 17. And, uh, you know, maybe you want to look at something a little bit different. Um, and, and, you know, it doesn't mean – you don't like the program anymore. Uh, it just means that somewhere else is a better fit for you and what your goals and ambitions are. And, um, you know, it's a free country. And, um, you know, I think Ryder handled it the right way. The Ole Miss coaching staff certainly was not caught off by surprise with his decision. I think they were prepared for it and they were able to plan for it. He's a success story in the transfer portal but there are a lot of not so successful and a lot of guys that are still stuck in the portal with nowhere to go. And we haven't heard anything about Demarcus Gregory or Grant Tisdale. Um, There's some horror stories out there about former starters in the sec who are in the portal looking for somewhere right now. What have you heard about just the portal in general and the overabundance of guys that could potentially go somewhere, but they have no spots. Well, you know what Lane Kiffin predicted this months ago that there were going to be a ton a very good power five football players that got in that portal and they would not have a place to go. And you know what, Ben, I kind of listened to Lane when he said that. And, you know, we went through it personally with, with my own son. And, um, you know, when he had several offers on the table by the end of late October, we sat down, we talked about it. And it was a situation where, look, right now, there are four centers in the transfer portal. In December, there are going to be 40 centers in the transfer portal. These schools 
have said, we're willing to make a commitment to you right now. Now, there were other schools that were recruiting him that um, were like, just wait to December. We're going to have some spots open. We want you, man. We can't just, we just can't do anything to December. Well, you know what that's worth? It's worth a wooden nickel. So, uh, you know, we sat down and talked about it and he, he decided he was going to commit, lock his spot down in October. It wasn't by accident because we could see where the portal was going, going to be a jungle and there were going to be some mighty fine football players left out. And people look at it and go, well, wait a minute. Any guy on scholarship at a power five program could easily transfer down to a, a division one double a FCS program, if you will. They'd be glad to have him. Yes, that's true. But the, 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 what you don't factor in a lot of times is that when you're playing FBS football, you're getting a monthly living stipend. When you're playing FCS football, you do not. So just say a kid from Ole Miss, let's just say DeMarcus Gregory, hypothetically speaking, uh, DeMarcus you know, has every opportunity in the world to go play at 50 different FCS schools. Well, and I'm not putting this squarely on DeMarcus. We're using him just as an example. But maybe financially, he can't afford to live 300 miles away from home without any type of financial support to help him with living expenses. So it kind of limits you as to what you can do as a player. So uh, those those FBS offers for guys out of the portal, they're solid gold. And, uh, you know, I read a story a couple of weeks ago about a 2018 cornerback four-star kid uh, signed with LSU, full scholarship, of course, actually played a little bit for LSU, got in the portal, and he's loading trucks for FedEx today waiting on another opportunity that is yet to come along. So sometimes the grass is not greener on the other side of the fence. You're going to have a lot of orphans out there. Uh, by that, I mean guys who were at big-time programs that they don't have a place to go. And it's, it's really sad, but that's how the numbers kind of kind of add up. You know, there, there just aren't a, lot, a ton of spots left. No more additional spots than there are usually. I mean, and then you've got this whole deal where your seniors from last year can come back and play an extra year if they want to. So uh, the need is not as dire as what it normally would be. All of those are really good points, and it brings me to the first thing that I think of when I think of the portal. It's that make the right decision the first time. I look at a guy like Cade Renfro, who left Ole Miss, had a full scholarship at a Power 5 program in the SEC, and he's walking on at Arkansas. Jack Abraham, former Oxford mm -hmm. kid, had a full scholarship. He's walking on at Mississippi State. You're giving up all of that free money, all of those benefits, to effectively have the exact same experience as far as being a backup at another spot. I get it. And you, you bring up Jack Abraham, who is a Division One starter that is walking on to Mississippi State. Mississippi State got two Division One quarterbacks that are walking on with their program now. Chance Lovertich, who was down at South Alabama, also transferred to Mississippi State as a walk-on. And uh, that just shows you how, how fortunate the guys are who did land back in FBS um, you know, how, how, how fortunate they are because uh, both those are quality kids right there, quality quarterbacks. We all know Jack Abraham can spin the football and, um, you know, he ended up walking on somewhere, but, you know, in fairness to the kids though, you know, you talk about make the right decision the first time. 
the sands shift so much on those kids. You know, you're rarely going to play for the same coaching staff uh, anywhere that you go the entirety of your career. And every coaching staff has different opinions on how they want to approach things and who they want to put on the field. And, um, you know, so, you know, not all stays the same. It's not a static decision that you make when you're 17 uh, that just sticks with you the entire time. So I understand, you know, the want and the desire of, you know, not necessarily just putting on a costume on Saturday afternoons and standing on the sidelines. I totally, I totally understand that. I bring it up because one guy that's been rumored to potentially transfer is Brandon Turnage. You kind of have to look at the whole picture. That's hard to do, like you said, when you're 17. Yeah, it's very hard to do. And again, you know, by no fault of those kids on their own, situations change. And, um, you know, and, and sometimes situations change, uh, you know, equals a negative. Sometimes it equals a positive, you know. Um, now Brandon Turnage, by all accounts, is very interested in playing at Ole Miss because there's been a coaching staff change. You know, Nigel Knott is at Ole Miss because there's been a coaching staff change. You know, those the so so the sands are always shifting in recruiting. It's not a perfect world, and uh, it's not ever going to be. It gets more imperfect with each and every passing day. It seems like when we're talking about recruiting and the transfer portal. You know, it's really funny. I, I was thinking about this the other day. You know, February National Signing Day was practically a national holiday mm -hmm. only a few years ago. Now it is an afterthought. And it's not only because of the December early signing period. It's primarily because of the December early signing period. But with the transfer portal, recruiting never stops now. And, I mean, the portal is in business and it is here to stay. And it is a, each and every passing year going to become more and more of a major part of college football recruiting for every single program. You know, once this tree free transfer thing is passed, Ben, it's going to be nuts. And I look at this 2021 class all across America, kids have signed to play for schools they have never been to, never been to. Kids have signed to play for coaches they've never been in the same room with. And there are going to be, I mean, common sense tells us this, just a percentage of everybody signing class where kids are going to go, oh, man, I don't like this place. I don't like this place. I'm, I'm, I'm putting my name back out there. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go somewhere else. There's going to be a certain percentage of situations where coaches go, man, I didn't realize that kid was that big of a turd. I want him out of here. Let's try to run this guy off. You know, those things are going to happen. It's inevitable. And that's part of the dynamic we're dealing with, with recruiting right now. This and, and, and every player's, it seems like it's inevitable, every player's immediate desire to, to play. The days of the guy waiting around two or three years to get his shot on the field, they're quickly leaving us. You know, it kind of all started with quarterbacks. It seems like a quarterback would sign somewhere, and if there wasn't a clear path to him becoming a starter, he was gone. I think that principle almost applies to every position now. More and more, you know, it's just it's just the it's the times we live in. Interesting times, but not necessarily uh, not necessarily fun times, particularly when you're us and having to cover all this stuff. I told you I wouldn't keep you too long, so I'm going to do some quick hitter questions for you. You ready? 
I hope so. Give me some odds for Brandon Turnage ending up at Ole Miss. 50-50. I'd say 50-50. You know, right now, look, one thing to consider is Ole Miss is not necessarily in dire need of new defensive backs right now. So, you know, I you know, don't want to say that, that they wouldn't take him because they probably would, but I'm just saying the Rebels aren't desperate right now in their defensive secondary. Somebody else may be more desperate and, uh, you know, may go after him a little harder. We'll just have to see how it plays out, but I'm saying 50-50. What should the expectation be for DeAndre Prince? DeAndre, DeAndre Prince has had a couple of years to mature out of Charleston High School. I expect DeAndre Prince to compete to become a starter this spring. The biggest sleeper in the class is who? I'm going with Elijah Sabatini. He's kind of been my guy the whole time. I turn his film on, and he reminds me of Cody Pruitt, okay? The All-American safety at Ole Miss that everybody loved. Look, I mean, this kid could be Cody's little brother if you ask me, only I think he's probably a half-step faster than Cody was. And uh, I think his future is extremely bright. I'm going with Elijah Sabatini as my sleeper. The biggest surprise pickup was who? You know, just looking at everything from a long view, I think you got to go with Taiwan Malone. Look, Ole Miss, um, Ole Miss stood toe-to-toe with Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M, and their entire recruiting apparatus, however you wish to define that, and they beat Texas A&M for Taiwan Malone. The Floyd Raven Award for weirdest storyline <laughs> that you followed in recruiting this year is probably MJ Daniels. Yeah, it would have to be MJ. I mean, you know, um, committed to Ole Miss right off the bat, then commit, then decommitted and went to Mississippi State as a commit. And, um, you know, the, the Mississippi State people were extremely confident at one point that MJ was going to stay in their class, exceptionally comfortable. And uh, Lane Kiffin and his staff were able to flip him out of it. There was signing day drama, if you remember, a little signing day drama with MJ and what he was going to do, really and truly. I don't think the Mississippi State fan base and their beat writers resigned themselves to the fact that MJ Daniels was going to be an Ole Miss Rebel on early signing day until that morning. Uh, it, it lasted that long. So, yeah, I think that was probably the most interesting recruitment I did. When did you know that MJ Daniels was going to be at Ole Miss? I would say probably two days before signing day, the um, the level of intel we were getting on that and the level of confidence that the Ole Miss staff had on that, I would say probably probably that Monday of, of, of early signing period week. Of the 18 early enrollees, who needs to have a good spring? It can be multiple guys, but who needs to have a good spring? You know who I'm pulling for? I'll tell you who I'm pulling for. I'm pulling for Luke Altmyer to be lights out this spring. You know, you love to watch a new quarterback when he gets here, but I'd love to see Luke come in and go, hey, you know what? I'm going to establish myself right now as the heir apparent to Matt Corral because I do think we're going to be wishing Matt Corral, you know, farewell and good luck this time next December I think with the season he's going to have this fall, there's no reason for him to stay in Oxford any longer past this year. If he can duplicate and improve upon 
the successes he had last season. And Ole Miss is going to need a starting quarterback. So I'm pulling for Luke Altmaier to have a huge spring out of everybody in that 2018 class. You hope they all do. But, uh, you know, I think the, the, the level of comfortability it gives you as an Ole Miss fan to go, hey, we got our guy post-corral. I think that would be a big, uh, big lift for everybody. Buy or sell John Rice Plumley in August is going to be running with the wide receivers. I'm buying it. I'm buying it. I think John Rice Plumley is a is the ultimate team guy. I think JRP understands that he can have uh, great success by making himself an all-purpose offensive weapon, and I think he's going to make that decision. And I think uh, I think that's what you're going to see from him next fall. For those that haven't plugged in yet to 2022, I count myself among those people. Five guys early to watch for the 2022 class. Well, I don't know if I can give you five at this juncture, but as far as to watch in terms of, uh, you know, who, who, who may be on the verge of committing to Ole Miss, I, I'm going with Blake Gunner, the tight end at Madison Central. I wrote a story on that earlier this week on the Ole Miss spirit. Um, Gunner's father, Bubba, played linebacker at Ole Miss in 1989. He is the younger brother of Grayson Gunner, who signed with Arkansas out of college, and Grayson ultimately ended up transferring away from Arkansas. I think he's at Southern Miss now. But, uh, you know, I've talked to Blake. He grew up an Ole Miss fan. He loves Ole Miss. Ole Miss loves him. They are recruiting him hard. He is a tight end. If you're a tight end, why would you want to go anywhere else? You can stay in state, play at the flagship university in a tight end in Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy's offense. Um, so I think uh, I think Blake Gunner will. Uh, I think Blake wants to commit pretty soon, and I think before uh, spring gets here, he may already be in the uh, commitment column. Now, as far as a kid to watch that I think is a must-have, I mean I'm going with Jaheim Otis out of Columbia, Mississippi. He's got a former high school teammate on staff with uh, in Kentrell Bullock. First time I ever met Kentrell, Jaheim was with him. And you want to talk about a mountain of a man. This is a guy who is the ultimate space eater with athleticism at defensive tackle. I think he's the most important prospect in the state of Mississippi for the class of 2022. Ole Miss is going to have to hold on to Marquez Dorch. Uh, He's already in the commitment column, but he's got national offers rolling in and will continue to do so. So it's going to be a fight to the finish for Marquez as well. Is there any position in particular that they really need to hit hard? You know, when you look at things, you always want to reload on the offensive line. You know, and they're in a good rhythm with that right now. There's depth on the offensive line. Ole Miss is perpetually in need of defensive linemen. And, um, you know, it's it's the same old, same old. You need your share of everything. Uh, I don't see a, I don't see one position where there is just an absolute terrific need in this 22 class. But you want to service needs all over the field. Is Jeff Lubby going to stay? That seems to be the million dollar question right <laughs> now. Um, you know, speculation's not worth much. Um, opinions aren't worth much. But um, you know. I think Jeff Levy is ready to be a group of five head football coach. And I think central Florida is one of the best group of five jobs in the country. Uh, with that being said, I think things mesh up really well 
for this to happen, particularly with the new athletic director in place who actually contemplated trying to hire Jeff Levy when he was at Arkansas State. So uh, when the AD was at Arkansas State. So, you know, the stars are going to have to align, but they're more than capable of aligning. I don't think Levy wants out of Oxford. I think he'd be perfectly fine staying here for another year, producing an offense that, you know, statistically is just going to be sick. And uh, up in his uh, his uh, creds a little bit, I guess, in the, in the world of uh, college football. But uh, he's ready. He's ready for his own program. He's successful. He's smart. He's innovative. And um, I'll say this much. If I were Central Florida, he'd be my guy. I would hire him. Uh, he's young and he's on the rise. And, um, you know, he's been there before. The administration, that was, the you know, the holdover administration from the previous AD. They seem to love him. The players love him. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of signs are pointing towards that happening, but – you know how it is. It's impossible to predict, you know, what goes on with negotiations and how they're eventually all going to flesh out. So, you know, I'm just like everybody else right now. I'm an interested bystander. Yeah. If you and I could have our choice, we of course won't let me to stay. That's what's best for business. So, I mean, sure. Come on. He's David Johnson at rebels two, four, seven on Twitter. Works for me at the Ole Miss spirit, omspirit.com and affiliate of two, four, seven sports. You're the best man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Anytime. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.